0: Okay, Mikey, are we back up and running? Okay. So, guys, we are here with Earth Guardians, and we have, Her Many Voices has enjoyed a, a wonderful partnership over the years with this organization, uh, a group of very powerful and passionate young people who are fighting the good fight. It's all about social and environmental justice. So I want to welcome you all today. I'm not going to take any more of your time. You have the stage. We need to hear what you have to say. So thank you all for being here.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, I'd just like to start off by introducing myself in my language. A uh, Hello, my name is Alethea Phillips. I am from the Omaha Tribe of Nebraska in Iowa. I am the Indigenous Youth Initiative Program Director at Earth Guardians, and I am joined today by my committee. Um, And we're going to be talking a little bit more about um, Indigenous youth leadership and the programs that we have coming up. Uh, So with that being said, I'll turn it over to the committee.
2: Hi everyone, I'm Tamaya, I'm Yurok from Northern California and from Aotearoa or New Zealand. I'm so glad to be here and in in this space and working with IYI and Earth Guardians. Um, I'm currently working on like a media track right now Um, and so a lot of storytelling is at the center of my um, sort of work with the environment.
3: Thank you everyone. Uh, My name is Kona Maribel. I'm coming from Taos Pueblo, New Mexico, farthest northern tribe. Um, I'm super blessed to be here uh, again Um, and I'm just really looking forward to where this conversation lays. Um, I just also want to remind everybody that every day is Earth Day um, and that we don't need a specific time once a year to To give homage and to give honor and to give blessings to our mama earth um so i'm really embedded in that right now throughout my time today um is just really respecting and being very humble and really just taking it all in and and what uh, our mother earth wants to provide so once again thank you so much for having us and and allowing us to have this space um to really come out and and share
4: uh thank you for everyone that spoke before me um imanaya hi everyone my name is maya um and um I'm a woman, and I'm here calling in from uh, currently occupied in Hoking. and yeah, I'm excited to join the conversation today. So thank you for having us. I'm also part of IYI, the Indigenous Youth Initiative
5: of Earth Guardians.
1: Great. Thank you guys so much um, for introducing yourselves. Um, So, yeah, we're all part of the Earth Guardians Indigenous Youth Initiative. Um, We are planning a five-day training to take place this summer, and I'm really excited about this training because I think it really sets us aside from a lot of other trainings that are going on right now um, to particularly showcase Indigenous youth leadership, Um, so I'm really honored to be joined by such an amazing committee, um, and especially building out um, specific topics um, for Indigenous youth to organize in. Um, So we're joined um, by our media track um, with story and reclamation of media, um, traditional knowledge, um, as well as campaign development and use of nonviolent direct action. Um, so yeah, we're the Earth Guardians Committee, and we're just going to be going over a few questions today. So the first question that I have for the committee is, what was your journey into activism in the climate movement, justice movement?
3: Um, so for me, I think I was really born into that. Um, I really not in a threatening way, but like, not really having a choice, right? Because we're in the next generation of what are we going to do? What does tomorrow look like? And I think that during this whole pandemic, um, it's really for the people who weren't so woke have become woke, if that makes sense. Um, And so when I was really young, just being a part of a alive yet dying culture. Um, That was kind of my first part of trying to find a solution in trying to be a youth mentor and youth activist and youth, just everything in order for our elders and for the people of the world to really start to step up in their own ways. Um, And that can be, you know, just trying to inspire my people of my community to, you know, Use more recyclable and more suitable items rather than not, or all the way to the biggest things of um, what does it look like to grow your own corn? What does it look like to grow your own uh, crops and how does that you know change the whole mitochondria of our human beings and our human uh, species? so um, yeah that's that's really how it started was through birth. <laughs>
2: Um, I'd have to say Sumurakona. I had a very similar experience. Um, I feel like I've been asked that question a lot, and um, I think it's something that I'm born into. My mother is Yurok Ntaloa from Northern California, um, and then my dad is from Aotearoa, so he's from New Zealand, and um, they're both very, very different cultures, um, but I say that they're still connected by the, by the Pacific Ocean, um, and even though they are very different, we have really similar values. So, we understand that the health and well-being of the land um, is intrinsically linked to the health and well-being of the people. And we understand that that relationship is reciprocal. And so being born with that value and having that as a something that's deep within me um, and not something that's taught, I feel like I've always um, cared about the environment. And even when people use the term environmentalist, it's like, okay, sure, you could call me that, but Shouldn't everybody be an environmentalist? Why is there a name for something that should come so naturally to us as stewards of the land? So um, that's how I got involved. And I think also just working with a lot of local um, Indigenous youth organizing and and in leadership spaces, those really helped me be confident in my identity and spaces like this. I get to learn from other people, from youth and from elders. Um, So having those intergenerational spaces too.
5: Um,
4: yeah, I, I guess like, like both, both, um, both comments before me, like I probably could say the same, but I think really it's also like, and sort of like being someone who, who like bleeds, I feel like I just kind of like feel with my body already connected, like I am part of the earth. So I feel like that's also something that I like have discovered or have not discovered but have like um like learned and evolved um with and from like my womanhood so but that's just like me personally but i definitely think also because of like um my culture but i think that also goes like hand in hand
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, I think this is something that I've heard a lot within this work and from other Indigenous youth is that um, it's not always necessarily a choice, but a feeling of responsibility for our future generations and for the earth itself um, to preserve that for our coming generations as um, something that... um, we take care of and we steward for uh, everyone who's coming after us and that the earth does not belong to us. Um, So thank you everyone for your answers. And so the other, another question I have is what guides or grounds you during your community organizing?
3: Um, It's honestly, really like our ancestors looking out for us because I was taught by my father and a lot of medicine people, um, prayers are being, prayers were let down and laid upon our ancestors for you to be here. And that was, you know, I mean, I'm talking about ancestors, like from way back. Um, And so even just that thought of saying, like, my ancestors prayed for me to be here, and guess what? I'm here. That, to me, is something that really allows me to wake up so blessed and so grounded in order to conquer the day and conquer the world of the balancing of my traditional lifestyle, as well as the Western uh, white man's world, because it's a constant battle. It's a constant go, go, go. But to know that I'm now an ancestor laying down prayers every single day for the next generation to come, that to me is also another thing that grounds me, is that I'm trying to be uh, walking in beauty, uh, a good ancestor. And so everything that I do, everything that I think, everything that I taste, everything that I put in my mouth, into my body, into my mind, body, and soul is going to affect you know, my personal tomorrow, but also my future generations tomorrow. So um, I think that that's something that kind of like a a ongoing long mantra that um, is really powerful to me
5: and to my family. Um, sorry.
2: Do you mind repeating the question? My dog happened to be barking. She's right there. Oh, no, she's it's inverted. She's in the background. Um, but she's barking. Do you mind repeating it?
1: Of course. Uh, the question that we are answering right now is, "What guides or grounds you during community organizing?"
2: Yeah. So I think the um, ceremony grounds me, and when I say that, I want to be really intentional about what I mean because I think there's this idea that Um, I'm physically like in a traditional ceremony dressed in regalia with a lot of people and that's what ceremony is Um, but really ceremony for me is um, um, a space um, spiritually and and physically that I'm in um, and that I can enter um, and and that grounds me in remembering okay this is who I am um, because at the end of the day um, I'll always be Indigenous and that That's one of the only things that will never change about me. Um, And so being in that prayerful mindset, so um, believing in myself and um, remembering my ancestors who came before me, um, I like to say like, we're quite literally the manifestations of our ancestors' prayers. Um, because we needed them to be here, um, but also their spirit, their their beliefs, their traditions, their values on how to cultivate the land, and how to be in relation with other people, um, that um, is something that I, I hold, and so remembering that, and feeling that in my body, um, is what I consider being in a space of, or in a place of ceremony, and when things get chaotic and hectic and overwhelming or stressful um it's just reminding myself this is who i am these are my values and everything will be okay hopefully
4: yeah for me it's family which kind of like also inadvertently is like ceremony but definitely family is what grounds me like just like listening to my elders or listening to like my older siblings or Are my aunts and uncles like that is like the thing that grounds me the most when it comes to organizing that's like what that's like what i buy to like what my family like helps like not not that they're correct all the time but when i need grounding that's who i listen to and that's what keeps me like i guess like level headed and, and like calms me down or reminds me what's important or reminds me like what i'm what i'm trying to do or what i'm trying to accomplish
1: Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I think it's really inspirational, um, all of the work that you guys do. And I think that um, working with other Indigenous youth who have um, similar mindsets is always one of the most powerful things that I um, can do as well, is really uplifting other people's voices um, and making sure that our Indigenous youth are really heard in the topics of climate preservation. Uh, so the next question i'll move on to is how is indigenous sovereignty integral to the climate justice movement and how does that that cultural understanding shape your activism
3: oh my gosh this one slipped my mind can you repeat it again alethea i'm so sorry
1: no problem, um so this is a great question. Um, right. How is indigenous sovereignty integral to the climate justice movement, and how does that cultural understanding shape your activism?
3: right, okay, totally. I mean it's everything right? I mean, we are indigenous people of this land um, with i mean in my culture, I know I keep on going back to it, but that's because that's who and what I am that's literally where my blood will dry um. But we have sayings that that we are the stewardess of, you know, allowing the moon and the sun to come together and to um, turn and rotate when it needs to and we have old ancient stories of when the You know, when the southern hemisphere was the northern hemisphere and indigenous people were able to turn that and rotate that in order for us to be where we are today, Um, when it comes to specifically in my hands, food sovereignty, because we are food, you know, that's we every human being, I don't care who you are, needs food, just like we need water. Um, There's a reason why us indigenous people here on the Puebloan lands of New Mexico. Um you know, have corn dances, we have buffalo dances, we have deer dances, I mean, we are giving our souls to these to these entities, um, because they are earth, they are the land. And so, you know, without going without saying, like, I don't know if I'm answering this question properly. But this is kind of what's coming out of, you know, my gut flow, which is the most purest and honest. Um, and And it just goes hand in hand together. And I'm really praying and hoping that more individuals in my age range can uh, really truly understand that, that there's a reason why the rainforest looks like lungs, or there's certain things that look like brains is because we're we're all one. And um, yeah, and that that it's just, yeah, we're just all one. So I mean, I can go on and on because I get really passionate. But yeah.
2: That was beautiful, thank you. Um, I know for me, having um, both of my parents from different indigenous nations, um, that really impacts um, me and my understanding of indigenous sovereignty, because I feel like I'm a like a physical bridge between um, two lands that are um, separate, yet very, very connected and united. Um, And one of my favorite, or a a photo I really love is um, one where um, I happen to be um, on stage singing a song from um, um, my friend, Sakaya Blaney, um, their nation in so-called Canada. And with us on stage is um, people from the Arapaho Nation in Wyoming, people from the Seminole Tribe in Florida, people um, whose families from Iran, um, and we're all singing this song from a nation that isn't ours. Um, and it's like a woman empowerment song, but we're all singing it together on stage because even though we're Native from completely different places and and we have different identities, we were all coming together singing this song. Um, and really, um, and on that stage, we were pushing for um, more Indigenous representation and policymaking. Um and I think that's just sort of a beautiful thing, right? When we come together, um, not just on a on an international scale, on an interna- in a, on an international platform as well, um, we're able to see how similar um, our cultures are and our, our ideas of land stewardship and what that means. Um, and together our collective energy is really powerful in driving uh, this movement in driving change. Um, and I think having that understanding that, um like I really believe that being in relation with other people from other nations is important to um, to grow as a leader and to um, harvest change in, in power. Um, so I, I feel like in all the organizing spaces I do, I really um, emphasize try to being in relationship with others. I don't know if that answered the question.
4: Um, i think i did answer the question <laughs> but um i'll go next um i think that i don't think that indigenous sovereignty is just integral to the climate justice movement i think it's like what i think it's like what the the main the main thing that people who um are considered part of the climate justice movement um what really should be anyone on earth um any two-legged i feel like it's like what they need to or what we need to like look towards like we need to follow like what indigenous peoples or what peoples which for me indigenous peoples are like people that live close to the land you know like people that are like connected to the land people that live close to the land however you may interpret that but um whatever kind of community or whatever person is like living with the land and doesn't like um exploit or you know it doesn't like work on the land but rather like takes care of the land like that's what we need to follow and that's who we need to support and and look to, you know. So recently like I'll just share. Like recently I stayed in um the Amazon, um, the the jungle and I know Conan mentioned the jungle. Um so it just kind of like reminded me of my own experience. Um and I well I learned a lot and I won't like it's more than I can even share like on a Zoom call, but I really think that like just one of the things that I wanted to share is how much they inspired me, the Machi Ginga people in particular, who is the community I stayed with in Peru, um, to be, like, a better a better relation, you know, like, because I was born and raised in Brooklyn, you know, and um, every day I think that we can be better and we can learn how to be better. And I don't know, I just felt like I learned so much from seeing, like, how the little kid, how young children who, like, that's all they know, like, how what we do is, like, to protect that, you know, to protect that they can have a childhood that is still, like, living in the jungle and that they don't need to, like, go into a city for work. They don't need to, like, go into a city, you know, um, to find anything else because they have it all from where they're from. And we all do, not just in the Amazon, but in there it's just very evident because it's, like, so pure, like, it's so uncontacted in some parts of the jungle. But really that's, like, anywhere anywhere and everywhere. So I think it just reminded me of, like, why we do what we do, like, why the people that live in, like, modern cities or in modern times with technology, like we do this to preserve those those like precious parts that are like that are like really like it's possible not only for that to remain that way but for it to grow for us to like expand pieces of like protected land expand that so that it's not just a part not just like you know how like I don't know like I personally feel like national parks is like a strange idea to have like a park just like this is protected but rather like no, this should this all Turtle Island should be like a gigantic national park, you know, and I think that that's just like something that I reminded of when you're in the jungle because it's like it's its own country. Like the Amazon is like its own country and it's borderless because it goes from Colombia to Ecuador to Peru to Brazil to Bolivia, like, and it's just like, you know, and, and within that own country, there are many nations, obviously, like I'm not saying, what I'm saying is like all those nations are all connected too. And, yeah, and I just, I think that that's, like, what we're seeing in North America, but it's just, like, it reminds us of, like, the times that I, maybe I'm going derailing from the question a bit, but I just, like, this is, like, something I want to talk about, like, something that inspires me to keep it, to keep the movement going, even when it's, like, really hard to um in, in the United States. And yeah, that's all for now.
1: Thank you all so much. Those were really amazing answers. Um, And I think it's really important to uh, understand that Indigenous values are rooted in climate activism, um, and that there's no way to separate us as Indigenous peoples from the environment. Um, And with that, I would like to ask you guys, what do you see changing or shifting within the climate justice movement and what do you think needs to change?
3: What a huge question, (laughs) because that could probably be like this whole time that we're on here. Um, Of course, uh, the
1: question is, What do you see changing or shifting in the climate act and the climate justice movement? And what do you think needs to change?
3: I just want to make sure that he gets it. Right on. Thank you. Um, So anyways, yeah, like I was saying, like, this is such a huge, big question for such a little amount of time. um, Because I think that this can go on and on and on forever. I think for all of us individuals in this call, Um, because I'm, I'm seeing change. I'm just not seeing the rapid change that needs to happen. And that's just being honest, you know. Like I think it was beautiful a couple of years ago when um, somebody finally spoke out about the turtles um, consuming the amount of plastic and straws that were in this turtle's stomach. Yet, so that's great that nowadays people are starting to do anti straws, and 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 it's it's a it's a beautiful thing. Yet, I don't think that that like. I think we need to start moving a lot faster. Um, I think that more and more things other than straws need to start happening. Um, And for speaking in an Indigenous voice, because that's what I am, that's who I, I, that's what I need to speak from. um, And speaking from the heart, specifically for Indigenous communities. I'm just going to throw some, I mean, I don't think it's shade. I think it's just honesty. But we also need to be stepping up to the plate as well. You know, a lot of my peers, um, I need to, to start, I'm trying to really start to inspire. Um, clean eating means clean thoughts. Clean thoughts mean a clean day, a clean night, clean dreams, clean visions. We need to start cleaning up. You know, cleaning up our yard, cleaning up our kitchens, clean making the bed in the morning. I mean, it's micro things like that that become huge and impactful. And that is our environment. So whatever is happening within our environment personally is going to be happening with the planet. Um, and that's just what I was raised to 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 think and to preach. Um, but of course without going there's there's a positivity and there's a beauty and there's a light and I am seeing a lot of um a lot more movement and a lot more beauty and a lot more like I mentioned earlier people starting to become more awake and aware and that's just really um incredible for to see in in my day and age and and for me to now become a a young adult a youth member and um sorry I just got distracted but another youth member to to be an inspiration for the younger generation that's what I'm hoping is that if somebody younger than me wants to say or even older than me wants to say like hey can we do this together can we please um do this this and that I'm going to be all for it um and so that that's those are some changes as well as the shifts in climate justice in my own personal arena that's that's going on
2: thank you yeah so i think for me um i definitely agree with everything cona said um i also see and maybe i think it's just the space where i'm in um and maybe some non indigenous folks um you know i I think what's changing in the movement the most is the way that we understand the climate crisis. And I think for um, many Indigenous folks, um, there's a clear idea of like, we are stewards of the land and this is what it means. And I think there's, um, I think it's definitely improved, but I definitely think this movement has centered um, some white environmentalism. And not to say that every, I'm, uh, When I say that I mean from a systemic point of view um, the way that we that we understand the climate climate justice um, is centered in this idea well actually it's it's disregarding that colonialism is at the root of many climate injustices in our in our communities um, so what that means, for example, I have a friend and she went vegan, so she doesn't eat dairy, anything that comes from animals because it's more sustainable. And when she asked me, um, um, and I, ha- I was having a conversation with her and she was like, everybody should be vegan. I, I don't know why everybody's not vegan. Um, if you're not vegan, you know, you're not really an environmentalist. And I had to tell her like, girl, <laughs> let's take a moment before, uh, my land was dr- um, a line was drawn around my land and called a reservation. My people fished in our rivers and we collected our own food and we um, we hunted deer and, and we have our salmon um, and we have eel. Uh, we were not vegan, um, but we had a really healthy relationship with our land. And also our bodies are not meant to eat anything other than fish, right? Um, so I, we actually don't have the privilege or the resources or the access to be vegan. Um, and so I think shifting the narratives and having spaces like these where we highlight indigenous voices and encourage people to understand that this is um, this is a systemic thing. Uh, and we actually have the knowledge uh, to um to heal the land and to cultivate the land. Um, this isn't something that randomly happened, and a diet isn't going to heal the entire earth, right? This is a systemic issue. And I think for a lot of non-Indigenous folks, understanding that um, is really important. Um, And I think um, just like Kona said, like we need to start um, working faster. There's a lot of empty promises from politicians and policy makers. There's a lot of um, wishy-washy terms. There's a lot of greenwashing. um, And yeah, corporations um, falsely branding themselves as sustainable when they're not. So I think one, having those hard conversations, understanding that colonialism is at the root of our injustices, recognizing indigenous knowledge um, and uh, not understanding that this is, um, it's okay to have a plastic straw once in a while because at the end of the day, right? These corporations um, are, are, harming the earth more than you. So, any step forward is a is a good step forward.
4: Yeah, I think, um, I like that we started the conversation out with the plastic straw, straw, sorry, because I think it's become like a good metaphor for like, what, um, I don't know the exact term for this. I know there's a term, but I'm just like, it's slipping my head. Ba- <laughs> I think it's like a perfect example of like a band aid solution of like rather than like actually like addressing and and like not being afraid to just say like that really what needs to happen is like a complete complete change of like first demilitarization because really, when we think about, like, land back, like, really how that started off was, like, the militarization of, like, Indian country. And now it's become, like, on a globalized scale. So, like, occupation of not just, like, on Native country, on Native land in Indian country, but also like international. Like, my family's from South America, so I think about, like, all the militarism that has affected um, my, my, my own family, like, on a personal level. But then when I think about, like, all of the land and all of, like, I guess like, in Spanish you said like campesinos like I, I don't know what it's like um, farm workers or like um, like yeah. yeah farm workers of like all of that land being like taken by military which is like supported by the U.S. military and I think that it's like in the environmental movement it is like super PG still so like we you know it's like it's not really talked about like it is getting a little bit more radical whatever that means but I think it needs to be like even more and then on the other side of that I also really think that like I know that term landback is like really popular now and it's like kind of like I don't know if people really understand what that means but for me it means like really giving back like the leadership and authority to like indigenous peoples and then in and and that itself is like a whole nother conversation of like proper leadership within like native governance which is like for us to figure out and not for like settlers to like or, or like not like it doesn't need to be like um, picked by or like um criticized by like settler colonialism. But I think the very first step is like giving back that leadership to native people, not just in like reservations, but like all of the United States. And I think that would make like a major difference. And also like, if you think about the like Puerto Rico and like all these other like um islands and nations that are like currently occupied, like I said, like the demilitarization and they're currently occupied and exploited united states and i think it's all interconnected because it's like a fire you know like if one if one if one movement um is able to like overcome its oppressor then like i guarantee that all these other like um pueblos i don't know how you say pueblos, like nations like peoples like communities will like also be able to and because really what we all are we really are united and even like even like pre-colonization like even in pre-Hispanic times like there was like trade there was like this there was like that like I'm from South America like I already said so like something that we talk about is like we don't like we don't um identify with the Incas because it's like another empire but like before the Incas like actually things were pretty like pretty pretty lit like things are pretty they're you're going just fine and that's why I think empire that's what we say like in the south like that's where the Incan empire was easily able to be defeated by the Spanish because they were not united. They were another empire. So I think that it's just like, I think that needs to be more addressed in the climate justice movement, um, like all of these other factors, because I think it's it's a mistake to like think that they're not connected or that it doesn't affect the climate justice movement because like we said in the last question, like the climate justice movement is like the indigenous liberation movement, is like indigenous sovereignty. Like it's the same thing. So it's not to be separated. So that's what I would say.
2: I saw the question. Um, I don't know if
0: Alethea. Is her audio
3: not working or something?
0: Alethea, did we lose you?
3: Okay, um, next question. What are ways you think that allies slash non-natives can do to uplift indigenous voices in the climate justice movement? Um... Okay, sorry. I need to take a second cuz to collect my thoughts. Um Yeah, so I think it's just being very respectful. Um, really asking cuz you know, without a single of a doubt, I'm sure that you have no matter where you are specifically in the United States um you, you're you going to have to come across a Native, Indigenous person. So really asking your community. I think that the lack of community that we have is really jeopardizing what we can have and that what we don't have and what we used to have. Community and communication are always the two things that I am solid about. When you meet me, I'm like, can you communicate thoroughly to me? And are you communing? community oriented so when it comes to like allies and non-natives specifically i like to say non-indigenous individual individuals is that um (laughs) as simple as like asking if it's okay i mean it's it's as simple as asking if it's okay to wear you know beaded earrings who are you supporting? Are you buying something at Urban Outfitters? Or are you actually supporting a beautiful, incredible indigenous family? I mean, it's simple as that. So it starts from really tiny things like that, to really incredible, big issues, like allowing them to um, feel comfortable within um, your household, you know, your, 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 your personal bubble, so to speak. And um, you know, it could be giving them nonprofit organization. It could be giving them grants. It could be giving their, their you know, indigenous schools um, free therapy, you know, free meals on wheels, but that are like farm to table, th- things like that, that those are things that I've worked in my community that um, are really impactful that I can't do alone and that I'm really hoping to see more of um, because I, I, when I work with my clients. I always tell them it's okay to ask for help. I don't care if they're non-natives because we have such a stigma against that, against non-native people, um, because we don't feel comfortable with them, and that's just facts. I mean, I'm specifically speaking about here in in, in my lands where I'm at right now, um, but there's there's a reason why there's you know eight billion people on this earth, and it's because half of them are here to help the other half, and and vice versa. And so it's okay to grab that helping hand and, and to say like, hey, I know we come from two different places, but let's try to collaborate on something. I know I'm taking up time, but I hope that kind of allows you to to get the the juices in, and and you know flowing. Um but anyways, yeah.
2: Yeah, that was beautiful. Um I agree. I could reiterate everything that Connor just said. Um but I think uh I think also it's really important to recognize indigenous knowledge, indigenous ecological knowledge as real or legit science, if that makes sense. Um, Again, we've lived here since time immemorial and even for communities that, um, um, nomadic communities, um, we still have a relationship with our lands. and even nomadic communities are nomadic for a reason, right? So they understand the land, um, and they understand the seasons, and in the, in the weather, and the the change in their environment. Um, I, and so again, we've existed here since time immemorial. We've survived. We've thrived. We understand how to sustain ourselves. We have the knowledge um, about what it what it means to have a good relationship with our environments around us. Um, and I think discarding that and only recognizing like Western modern medicine or Western modern science as real solutions um, and not seeing how they can coincide or not understanding how they can exist in the same space um, is not uh, I think is is not helpful in understanding um, how to how to heal our heal our environment. Um, and so I think recognizing that um, is really important. Um, and I think also um, being really, I know some natives don't feel like they want to explain their whole life story and their entire like tribal history to a person. Um, so I think also understanding that like, um, we're not um, we we only have so much energy and, That we can give and put in at a time and recognizing that um i think is important and giving us the space because i think there's a lot of times where non-indigenous folks are like so excited about having indigenous people in their space that they'll like want to suck all of the energy all of our knowledge out of us um and i think sometimes just taking it slow is good um yeah so i think that's important and one way i think that we're sharing That as well um, is through some of the projects that we're working on. Um,
4: Yeah, definitely. Like, almost as always, we say, like, definitely reiterate um, what, like, um, Tamaya and Kona has said. Like, I think we just all are on the same wavelength. We definitely, like, all believe and stand for the same things. But just to add, um, I think, like, also, like, I, I personally believe in, like, reparations. So I feel like if you are an ally and non-native and on top of that, you have resources. I think Kona did mention something about grants, but I feel like one of the biggest ways that you can support is, like, not just by, like, saying, you know, or not just by explaining like, the word, but actually, like, sharing the resources. And whether that's with grants or, like, doing, like, or, like, with scholarship or just, like, literally just, like, giving back to like not because not because like you're receiving something but just because like you feel like you are like a settler in this person's territory so you like it's like your obligation because it is really but that is if you have resources I know that there are like allies non-natives that don't necessarily I mean like economic ones but I think that's like a, a big one that I know that like generally people that are like are indigenous feel you know because it is hard out here especially like since the pandemic it's been like really hard for like families and and things like that so I think that's like a a main one that I would I would say but I definitely think that that's like I think I think that like Conan was what Tamaya as well like what we were what um we were all standing for is like um just like a better a better future like a better a better space and a better community, you know, for the next generation. So I think that that's, like, always what we're going to try to aim for. Sorry, the, the question disappeared, so I'm slightly forgetting, like, how to answer directly, but I think that was pretty much answering it. And I know also that we're almost out of time, so I'll just cut it off there.
3: Um thank you, yeah, I mean, just really quickly with the four minutes that we have, I'm seeing another thing um about projects that i y is currently working on so like we have mentioned in the beginning, we're really, really really pushing and working really hard as a collective um uh you know group to to be working on a um a gathering a so- so to speak training. Um, in August for Indigenous youth to come out to New Mexico and really allow them, like, allow um, themselves to to connect to like-minded people um, and to the land. And um, that's kind of our our main priority as of right now. We obviously have other things going on constantly, but that's something that i feel really passionate to to really discuss and to really go into and and to talk about this is going on i think i believe this is now the third year that we'll be doing this and um it's just honestly revolutionary and it's really um life changing specifically for me cuz i've been um i've been here since day 1 And so I can really confidently say that. So uh, really quickly, I just want to pass it on and maybe do like a little popcorn. Um, But if I don't get back onto this, then I want to thank everybody for listening and uh, just for tuning in and um, just check out our website. And thank you again.
2: Yeah, um, and just really quick, I know that we're close on time, but I think something that's really important is making sure that we are not, that we're not upholding um, anti-Indigenous narratives. And I think, Um, making sure that Indigenous youth feel really confident in their identity and their abilities and their skills and their knowledge is really important. Um, And um, having confidence in that is good. So I think our IYI um, training in August is really giving the space for everyone. Um, But thank you everybody for holding this space. I really appreciate it. and, And I hope everybody has a good rest of their day too.
4: Yeah, thank you everyone. I love you all. And, you know, I know we all like really believe that every day is Earth Day, but I think it's a good day to just like remember, you know, why we put this energy into what we do. So, you know, go plant something today or go, you know, pray with water, be with yourself, be with the sun today. And, you know, I'm just also saying this as a reminder to my own self, but (laughs) I, yeah, appreciative of everyone. And I don't know who's listening and how many people are listening. Like I'm kind of I just see Conan Tamaya, but hi everybody. And thank you for listening to us. I feel honored to be part of here.
0: Uh, thank thank you, you all for joining us today. And thank you, Alicia for, um, for monitoring back there. She was the voice behind the curtain. If you were not aware, that was Alicia Phillips. Thank you all. We need to hear your voice and y- you are the leaders. And we need to we need to heed that and follow your lead so greatly appreciate your words today and your hearts you give me hope you give me hope in this world thank you all for showing up